I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, December 13, 2018. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So we do have a lot of things to talk about today, even though the market really didn't go anywhere. When you just take a glance at the SPX, that's the S&P Cash Index, It was down one half of one point. So it's basically flat, but there's a lot of stuff going on under the hood. We're going to discuss all of it. Before we get started, let me just pause and make mention that I really do appreciate all the comments, all the participation underneath the videos each and every night. Please keep up the great work. Keep the interaction going. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. We start on the daily chart of the SPY, and as you know, the first thing that I like to do, and the first thing that I always do when I look at a chart, is I focus in on what are the things, the first one, two, or three things that the chart draws me to right away. We know one of them is the upsloping trend line that we've been discussing for quite some time. When we originally put that line on the chart, I never realized how much importance it would wind up having. It has great importance. Look how we're fighting that trend line. Now, it's very difficult to put a trend line on a chart like this in the absolute precise to the penny location. But from a visual perspective, look what we have here. The market continues to test but close on top of or above that trend line. Another thing we did today is we tested an important number. So the low today was 264.12. That's 12 cents above an important number of 264. Where does 264 come from? Well, right now, all we need to know is when you look at the 10-minute chart, I'll show you where it comes from. comes from right here. When you take a look at some of the support and resistance places or the definitive support or resistance that the market had when reached at 264, you can see that it's important. Now here we come up short. Is that a sign of bullish behavior or are we going to come back down and bust through 264? We'll get to that in a moment. Secondarily, right below we have 263.12. We know that number is important. That comes from the low from the 30th of October. That's an important price the market has respected and fought that price. So we're going to continue to focus in on that price until it's not important any longer. There's something else that I'm focusing in on tonight on the chart. So I'm starting to notice, and it's not like I'm starting to notice because it just showed up on the chart. I'm starting to notice because now we put in the second day, A, above the trend line, but B, inside of this candle. Now, I know what you're thinking, but just bear with me a second. So here we have a candle. I'm not going to call it a breakup candle. It's a candle. And then we have potential consolidation staying above that trend line. Now, unfortunately, we need more time, and it can certainly come down toward the lower portion of that candle. I'm not calling it a breakup candle, 
But nevertheless, it is there. Now, here's the deal. It's not a breakup candle, so can we consolidate inside a breakup candle? I understand all the things that you're thinking. And you're right, under normal conditions, I wouldn't really pay too much attention to it. But it's there, it's on the chart, we're above the trend line, the market's gotta be at a place it is at a place where it's a make it or break it we're going to have another hundred plus point move in the s p the question is is it down or is it up and it's making a decision right now the market is coiled up the longer it takes to make a decision the more evidence will build that the move will be down but here's something i'll mention and you probably won't hear this too many other places there's a contract role going on. What in the world is that? When one contract, and I'm speaking of futures contracts, so let's talk about the S&P E-mini futures contract. What I've got on the screen is the daily S&P E-mini futures contract. This is the contract that has a December expiration. Fair enough. What happens next? Well, after December... The next contract that's traded is the March contract. We go on a quarterly basis in the futures contracts. Not all are the same. Oil is not always March and December and so on. Gold, there are different expiration months at different times. So don't get that mixed up. But that's not the point. The point is this. The contract is rolling right now to March. So you can actually trade both contracts. So let me show you what I mean. March is what's called the H contract. So if I type in ESH18, then I will, oh, pardon me, 19, I will come up with the March contract that expires March 2019. Now you can see that it's trading. It traded 680,000 contracts today. The December contract, the Z contract, traded over 2 million contracts. Now that's going to flip beginning tomorrow, really began today. So tomorrow, you'll start to see volume pick up in the March contract, roll over into the March contract. That's all nice, but why in the world is he telling me all this nonsense? I'm going to tell you why. There's always a setup to the story. Weird stuff happens during contract rolls. Why? I can't answer that. But weird stuff happens. The market tends to get disconnected, disjointed. It ends up trading a little bit strange. Not every single time, but I've seen this way more than once. I've seen this many, many times. It doesn't tell you which direction the market's going to go, but it's not necessarily abnormal for this to go on. So the fact that the market is trading very, very agitated right now, coinciding with a contract role, it makes some sense. It's still the market trading agitated. That's a separate case in and of itself. But the fact that the contract roll is coming right now, and, and here's where I tie it together, we're trading at an uber important price level. We're right on top of this upsloping trend line. We've gotten below it. We closed below it. But then we recaptured it. What happens if we recapture it back to the downside? You got it. The trap door opens and lower prices are coming. Look out below. That's on daily closes. A lot of damage can be done intraday. But I'm just giving you the facts as they are as I see them on the screen. Now what does that mean from a visual perspective? And what does that mean in terms of points? Well, if we break lower 
and we don't hold this trend line and 264 breaks and 263 breaks, then we're coming down to test at least in the vicinity of the old lows. Will we make lower lows? We don't know. It's hard to tell. We haven't broken the trend line. I don't want to get over our skis. I'm just giving you the downside possibilities. Tomorrow's Friday, and you can kind of see this coming. We're probably going to get a gap up, or we're probably going to get a gap down, and they're probably going to make a run and leave everybody who's not in a position that wants to be in a position for a move like that on the sidelines. They do it over and over and over again. We've all seen that dozens or hundreds of times. On the upside, if they do gap higher in the morning, for example, what's the bogey? It's right around 267.50, maybe 268. Getting above or opening above that area would be bullish for the market, likely to light a match for higher prices. And those folks that get my morning notes are aware of these numbers. They're aware of the early morning activity, what to look for, where the resistance is likely to be, where the support is likely to be. And as an example, here it is again. And you can see this morning, this one comes out about a quarter after nine. That's Eastern Standard Time. And the band plays on. We're getting right down to business. And what I go down to say is the important bogey on the downside is 2640. That's basically the same level that we've been discussing. Closing hourly below is negative, period. The real gateway to higher prices into the 2700s is now 2680. We're nowhere near there now. We were closer earlier in the morning, but we still would have had to work our way through a lot of resistance, a lot of overhead resistance that does exist. That's why the market's having a difficult time getting up off the mat. And then what you'll see here, I say, in the early going, if the ES runs down to shake out the longs again to test the 2650 area and closes hourly above, it's likely to make another attempt to get back to 2665. Failure to get through is not good for the bulls. And I'm reiterating the fact that there's a lot of overhead resistance between 2665 and 2680. Now, when you correspond that to the spiders, it's in the zone and where we are. And you can see what's happening here. The market is making a triangle type of formation. We talked about this last night. We talked about the potential of an inverse head and shoulders pattern on the hourly chart. Here you have your inverse head and shoulders. So the market came back to retest that area. Happens to coincide with the 264. You see how I put all this together piece by piece going back and forth? So I also know that getting hourly, closing hourly below this potential head and shoulders formation is going to be a failure of that particular pattern and therefore likely send prices or the energy being released in the other direction. So I'm starting to build my case in both directions. I have to be prepared if the market gaps up, what to expect I have to be prepared if the market gaps down what to expect. I have to be prepared as the market's trading and begins closing, whether it's positive or negative throughout the day. I have to have my important zones already prepared. I have to know what to do when the market gets to an important price area because, and here it comes right out of the course, if the price area comes at a time period that's also important that further supports the case that you're putting together so that's pretty much it for the spiders i mean i'd love to say 
here's exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. We're going to go up 50 points or down 50 points. But the reality is, is we have to wait and see. We're going to get some information in the morning. The market's going to be doing something in the morning. And if it's gapping in one direction or another, we know what to do. The IWM, my favorite market-leading indicator in either direction. This is not good. This is a weak market. Look at what it was down today in percentage terms, 1.4%, let's say, 1.39%. The S&P was basically flat. There's something wrong with that picture. We talked about the transports last night, and there was something wrong there. That's been an efficient canary in the coal mine for us for a long, long period of time. So we take everything at face value. We go with what we know works until proven otherwise or some other piece of evidence supersedes what we know to be working. Now, what I will mention is either this is one of the biggest shakeouts there is, shaking out longs and shorts, not letting anybody into this market in one direction or another, and they're going to take off in one direction or another, and it could potentially be up, but that would be counter to what the IWM is telling us. So, if we're taking everything at face value, what I take away from the IWM is still against the low from the 10th of this month. So just on Monday, we can still trade against that low. However, breaking below that low, closing below that low, lower prices are coming. And that's what the IWM in and of itself is telling us right now. The IWM is weak. It's leading, if it's a leading indicator, it's leading in the downward direction. So we need to be aware of it. It's a big puzzle piece. It's on the table. I'm aware of everything. The contract role that I discussed before is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. I'm aware of it. Weird stuff happens. The bottom line is I will not be surprised to see a gap higher or lower Friday morning. If this was a shakeout, there is one heck of a short covering rally waiting for the IWM, but right now it's telling us down, the trend is down, there's just no two ways about it. It says down. Here's a weekly chart. Remember this trend line? This was on here for years, this trend line. We finally broke that trend line. You know, we've talked about this before. You can see this bearish pattern that developed on the weekly chart trading back and forth through the 100 period moving average and then we had what's called an outside week last week it's going to be very important where we close the week tomorrow very very important are we going to close above or below this 142.50 i think it's an important area we've discussed why it's a breakout area closing below that in my mind sends the iwm down to 137 or 134 reaching that 200 period moving average. Not necessarily in about 10 minutes, but that would be the downside target if the trend remains down. The VIX, we might as well just take a peek. The VIX was down a dollar, down 5% today. So not necessarily pointing to a whole lot of fear going on today, but it is making a bullish pattern. We are above all the moving averages. It has been consolidating sideways for quite a while. It's not really telling us anything one way or the other, but it's of note. It's a puzzle piece. I want to know where it is. I like to look at it. It's an important vehicle. The transports, my second favorite market leading indicator. This is a weekly chart. So let's go down to the daily 
And you can see here, we flagged this the other day. It was weak. We closed below the low of this breakup candle. Talked about it the other day. That low was 98.97.38. And here we are. Now you know why I put so much weight on those. They don't work all the time, but they certainly do provide a wonder of guidance. Those are the things that are in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Things like that and buckets full more. So you can see where my next target was. We're almost there already, 94.96, give or take any side of that. That's an arbitrary number. I take that back. That's not an arbitrary number. That's a real number. Only the market will stop at an arbitrary place on either side of that within reason if that number's any good and it should be. Why? Well, let me show you why. And it's just from a visual standpoint. The market is telling you that price is important here and it's telling you that price is important here. Therefore, when it gets there again, I'm going to respect the fact that that's what the market told me and it's likely to be important again. What's beneath that? The 200 period moving average. And why do I know that that in and of itself is important? Well, because the market or the transports haven't been to the 200 period moving average anytime soon. But it also happens to coincide with, when you just draw a straight line over, look at what it coincides with. The market thought that this price level in and around here was extremely important. Look what happened here. This is around the same price level as the 200 period moving average. So here are two potential support areas. There are two trades there. They should both be support areas. The market should not just cut through one and get to the other. However, if we do gap down tomorrow, it can do that on a hard sell. But straight line into it, 9,500 should be supportive of the transports. But keep in mind, that's a weekly number. So I'm looking for a weekly close above that number. So let's say we did come down there tomorrow and got below on Friday that number. I'm expecting the market to close above that price level tomorrow. If not, then the next target comes into view, which is the 200 period moving average. We'll just call it an easy 9,900. That's on the downside. What about the upside? What if we get the gap higher? What kind of damage can we repair in the transports? There's a lot of damage. They're going to want to fight their way back to 10,000. That's the first order of business. That would be the only order of business for now. 98.67 would be a lot of resistance. And then after that, 10,000. The Qs, they're not telling us anything. We can't get any information from this chart. Nothing happened. Nothing happened from yesterday. The market went up. The market went down. The intraday range was still rather wide, but we can't get any information. The Qs finished down 36 cents. There's nothing we can do with that. The only thing I see is we're above the 20-period moving average, but it's not telling me anything. The broker-dealers, the financials, melting away. The broker-dealer index was down 3.5 bucks today, 1.4%. That's not a healthy chart. That's not a good-looking chart. And the XLF, we know what's happening in the XLF. We've got to get back over 25, or the overhead pressure remains to the downside. They really need to close above 24.5 tomorrow on the week. Otherwise, the 200-period moving average comes into play 23. There'll be some support at about 23.5. So in between 23 
and 23 and a half would be the zone where I would be interested to be long the XLF in that zone. At the 23 area, I would be a buyer of the XLF. Here's the SMH. We've been eyeballing the SMH, saying that it's had relative strength lately. But here's the reality. If the market's going to go up, if the market's going to go down, if it's going to be a big move, 100 points in the S&P or more, everything's going to go in the same direction. It's not going to make any difference. Here, you can see on the daily chart, they're having trouble with the high of the breakdown candle, and they can't close above it. And we tested it three times, and now they're trading away from it. Is that bullish or bearish? Well, that in and of itself is bearish. Okay, we have higher lows. We have a low, we have a higher low, and another higher low. So here's a failure. Are we going to come down to retest that one more time? And if we do, and we break through, lower prices. What happens when you look at the weekly chart? What's the weekly chart telling you? That's bearish. It's bearish, but here's the problem. The problem is, is we've already come down to the breakout area. So here's what I mean. And this stuff has gone over in detail in the course, folks. So here we have a breakout area. The market consolidated here and it breaks out. Oh, I didn't mean to use that tool. Bear with me a second. Let me just start that one again. So we have a breakout area. So we have consolidation and we broke out. And then we rally up and come back to test the former breakout area. Okay, fair enough. But now we've hung around here for too long. We got to rally away from this area. It was a good trade if it was a trade. If anybody took a trade in and around 90, 88, 87, anything like that, wherever this came down to, made a low of 87, 86, 95. You got a good trade out of the SMH. The problem is, is it didn't stage a rally and keep going. It came back down. And now we've been consolidating on a weekly basis down here for a long time. I'll show you something. I'll show you a pattern inside of a pattern. Okay, so we have a down move. And then we have a flag pattern for the most part, right? So this will ultimately break to the downside under normal market conditions. That's thing number one. But thing number two is we have a bottom put in and we have an up move and we have been consolidating inside that up move. And unless and until we close below the low of that low and that low comes from the 2nd of November until and unless we close the week below that low, then higher prices are coming. So it's a quandary. It's both. And therefore, you can't do anything. So if the SMH goes lower, I'll say it was because of the flag pattern. If it goes higher, I'll say it was because of the inside bar pattern to the low that was made on this candle here. So either way, I can have my cake and eat it too. So that being the case, you really can't do anything off the weekly chart in the SMH. I'm obviously joking. There's nothing to do. It's a conflicting pattern. Really, the larger pattern takes precedent. And the larger pattern would be the flag pattern that looks like it wants to play downward. That is the one that is larger and would normally take precedent. For you gap traders out there, Costco is on the move. They reported earnings after the bell. So the stock is down a little bit. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I've already done the work. It already hit one of the levels and bounced up. So we'll see what happens in the morning. And the reason why I have FedEx on the screen is I want to use this as an example and somewhat of a teachable moment. We're going to learn something that... I'm pretty sure you've never seen before. And one of the reasons why you've never seen it before is because it's rather unorthodox, but I think you'll get the point, and certainly traders that have gone through my course 
understand what I'm going to go through. They'll understand why I'm doing that, and they'll understand and see the significance of it. The reason we're using FedEx is had an interaction with one of the viewers, one of the longtime loyal viewers, about FedEx last night. And that trader made mention that FedEx looks like it wants to go a lot lower. And my response back was, what gives you the impression on the chart that makes it look like it wants to go lower? And what I'm doing when I do that is I'm trying to make a point. We don't ever want to go with, it looks like, I feel like, I think. None of that matters. We have to use facts as they are on the chart. And when I go to a larger chart, I go to a larger time frame, a weekly chart, his point was it's come very far for a short period of time. It's come from, let's just say, 150 in 2016 all the way to a high of 275. Let's just use round numbers. And that happened in January of 2018. Fair enough. That in and of itself isn't a reason the stock has to come back down to 150. And that was my point. I didn't want to point this out last night underneath the video in the comment section. I figured I would wait till tonight, and here it is. So here, we just went over this on another chart. Look at all this consolidation, okay? Is this a breakout area? Did FedEx break out once it consolidated? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And now we've come down to test a former breakout area. How many times do we go over that? How many times have you seen that work? Now, I'm not making this up. I don't have a patent on that or anything like that. When you stare at charts long enough, you begin to see things that exist. But that wasn't really what I wanted to show you. The thing I wanted to show you that you probably haven't seen before is this. There's something I discuss in the course. There's an entire section or module in the course on market symmetry. So it falls into that camp. It's a little different. Go with me on this. I've already done this, so you're going to have to trust the numbers. I'm using round numbers. I'm not using precise, exact numbers. This is just for, you know, visual purposes, okay? From high to low is about 50 points, okay? From high to low is about 40 points. From high to low is about 50 points. From this high to this low is about 50 points, can we go lower? Of course we can go lower. But as a trader, what are we thinking when we see a chart like this? Here's what I'm thinking. I'm looking at the weekly chart. I see the market consolidate and then break out. We came back to retest that area. I'm very, very interested. In fact, I may be already in this trade. So I see that and I start doing some math. I start looking at numbers. What are important numbers? And then I want to see, well... The market has come down in quite a stair-step manner, and that's when I started looking at those highs and lows and said, well, here are the number of points that made up the move, and it seems to, not every time, it's not exactly precise, but it seems to be somewhat consistent, and we're getting to what is likely, or what has in the past at least, been the bottom end of that span of points. So we can go lower, but there's another reason why, along with the fact that we're at a former breakout area, I'm adding that to the arsenal of reasons. There are other reasons. Maybe it's best explained like this. What you get with me, and I get this question a lot. What's in the course? Tell me about it. I need to learn more. I want to learn more. I don't get it. What's in there? With me, you get something different, and that's the point. 
I don't want to look at the same things that everybody else is looking at. None of them work. So for 25 or 30 years, I've been looking away from the herd, away from the masses, trying to uncover, discover, and find the things that'll work on the charts that nobody's looking at. That's what you get with me. Take that comment and then go read some of the testimonials and I think you'll start to have that aha moment. Oh, now I understand why those traders all of a sudden say they begin to see things more clear. I start to understand why. Once you take the course, you understand why. Crude oil. Look at this big rally we had today in crude oil, specifically from where it was. It's still inside this huge breakdown candle, and there's a lot of runway left if we want to go test it again. But here's what I think. If you go test it again, we've tested it three times. I'm not going to test it and fail a fourth time. It's unlikely. This is a launch pad. This is getting ready to launch up to higher prices. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not long. I'm not short. I have no position in crude oil, and it's very difficult to take a position right here, right now. This is not where I would be a buyer. I'm just telling you visually what I see on the chart, and what I see is this thing wants to launch to higher prices. It's trying to reverse. You can see here on an hourly chart. See, I give you the why. You have to be careful when you when you watch or listen to or read analysts that just say, here's what I think. You got to get the why. Don't do anything until you know the why. Look, once we closed above this price level, it took off again, and we closed above here. So this is bullish behavior. Here's your next bogey. That 54 is the next area. Next area of overhead resistance that we'll find overhead resistance for crude oil. 54.82 is the high of the breakdown candle. If we go and test it again, my belief is they'll break out. Is crude oil going to be going up if the stock market's going down? Is that likely or unlikely? Right now, I would say it's more unlikely. They're not linked together. You know I don't like to correlate markets. But nevertheless, I would say it's unlikely. So something's going to give. And with that... I'm going to give. I'm going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit mystrategicforecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.